0: Welcome to another episode of Investees. I'm your host, Linda Garcia, and this week on the podcast, we're going to talk about where the market is. We've kicked off earnings. Banks always go first during earnings season. So let's get into what banks are reporting and what we're seeing taking place, not just in the market, but also in the economy. When publicly traded companies report, there are two key pieces of information that are disseminated pretty quickly throughout news stations. We're looking for the top line and we're looking for the bottom line. Have you ever heard people in business say, what's your top line or what's your bottom line? What they're actually referring to is how much revenue, how much money came into the business and how much did you profit? What are your earnings? The reason it's referred to as the top line and the bottom line is because they are referencing an income statement and in the income statement, the top line will always be the amount of revenue that came in. In the middle of the income statement, you will find all of the expenses and then the bottom line will be the earnings and the earnings per share will be calculated from the actual earnings itself and the amount of shares that are accessible to the public. The reason we calculate earnings per share and the reason why that number supersedes earnings in general is because as investors, we want to see how much each of our shares has generated in earnings. This gives us the ability to calculate how much our investment Earned versus what the entire company has earned. There are dedicated analysts from all of the big banks that analyze the potential of a specific company. Most of these analysts have been assigned to the same company for years. They understand their patterns, they understand their potential, and so a lot of individual investors will rely on an analyst to disseminate important information that the individual investor may not have time to pursue. Wall Street overall often depends on these analysts to provide them with critical information that they may not have the time or resources to gather for themselves. And so aside from hearing what the revenue is and what the earnings per share is, you will also hear expected revenue and expected earnings. Expected revenue and expected earnings are the numbers that these analysts have generated, expecting for the publicly traded companies to meet. When a publicly traded company does not meet its earnings predicted or its revenue predicted, then we consider this either a miss or a beat. Can you guess what happens if a publicly traded company beats? If a publicly traded company beats, the stock will most likely go up unless there is negative information that takes place during an earnings call. If a publicly traded company misses expectations, then we can almost always expect for the stock to go down. I am, of course, oversimplifying this. There are other nuances and things to take into consideration. For example, one of those is called forward guidance. Forward guidance is when the CEO gives us an outlook for the future. This outlook can be positive or this outlook can be negative. And depending on whether it is a positive outlook or a negative outlook, the stock market will definitely react. We're going to take a short break, and when we get back, we are going to discuss earnings season for the banks, whether they have beat or missed revenue and earnings expectations. Investees, I've said this a million times. I genuinely feel like the root of a lot of our issues is a scarcity mindset. It is nothing that is our fault. A lot of it has been embedded and passed down from generations. A lot of it has to do with the immigrant experience and for us that are children of immigrants, how we've watched our parents navigate work in this country, I honestly feel like Understanding the way money works is a revolutionary act. I feel that it is our responsibility to educate ourselves on how this system works so that we can provide a better future for our children. Many of us as children of immigrants We have the responsibility of looking backwards and helping generations behind us. We're constantly worried about our parents and what's going to happen when they get old and who is that responsibility going to fall on. And for many of us, the responsibility will fall on us, making it even more difficult to provide a better future for our children. This constantly moving backwards isn't helping any of us. I strongly recommend that you understand how money works in this country and how we can use it to our benefit and the freedoms that it can afford us. I am teaching my course, Wealth Warrior, on February 24th and February 25th, Saturday and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. I don't know how many more times I am going to teach this course live. I don't know that I ever will, to be honest, just taking into consideration the direction that my life is moving in. I invite you to join me on February 24th and 25th. I love this course so much. It is a community favorite. I have seen the benefits that community has had from this experience. And I want you to benefit from that as well. Head over to enluzwetrust.com. Click on the side menu bar and check out Wealth Warrior, the course. You'll have a breakdown of the curriculum and all of the details you need to make a decision. I hope to see you there. And we're back. All right, so banks have reported earnings. The majority of them have already reported. We have Wells Fargo, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan Chase, BlackRock. The list goes on and on. What is really important about earnings for the banks this season is that most of them have reported mixed earnings. Some of them beat on revenue, missed on earnings, and others missed on earnings and beat on revenue. Overall, the consistent through line, which is something I had completely forgotten about, by the way, are the bank failures that took place in the first quarter of 2023. Back in March, we had Silicon Valley Bank fail, and that shook the entire system. Everyone started to panic, and we started to see more regional banks fail shortly after that one. What I didn't realize at the time and what is coming to light, at least for me throughout this earnings season is that bigger banks were hit with a federal deposit insurance corporation fee, even though the bigger banks weren't directly failing themselves there was a banking industry issue. And so this insurance corporation spread out some of the liability amongst the bigger banks. What took place in the first half of 2023 has really affected the numbers that are coming in through the banking sector, which of course makes perfect sense. However, I had completely forgotten about this massive issue at the start of the year. We just have so much information that we're currently trying to process and deal with that the bank's failing feels like a long time ago. This was a good reminder that what is reported during Q1 is of course for the entire last year, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4 of 2023. So we're getting the entire snapshot for the year. When we take out that isolated experience, it looks like Banks would have performed relatively decent. One of the most vocal and I would say most negative CEOs in the banking sector for 2023 has been Jimmy Dimon, in my opinion, the CEO of JP Morgan. And I felt like his words were somewhat positive for the earnings call. I wanted to share a quote of his with you. The US economy continues to be resilient with consumers still spending and markets currently expecting a soft landing. He goes on to say that despite this positive information, we do need to pay attention to deficit spending and supply chain adjustments that may lead inflation to be stickier and rates to be higher than markets expect. He then goes on to talk about some of the risks that he's looking at, which includes wars in Ukraine and in the Middle East and how these significant and somewhat unprecedented forces cause the entire sector to remain cautious. I know that kind of sounds negative, but honestly, the entire year of 2023, Jimmy Diamond was projecting doomsday. To hear him say that the economy has been resilient and consumers are still spending and what the market is currently expecting in terms of a soft landing, I feel like this is a positive tune for him. I feel like he's taking into account the positive things that took place in 2023, but still keeping us cautious for the risks in 2024. In last week's episode, we discussed the Santa Claus rally. If you haven't heard that episode, I highly recommend that you do so. Traditionally, when we do not have a Santa Claus rally, which we did not, then we can expect for the entire year to end on a negative note. However, there is a special caveat this year with it being an election year and also having an incumbent. These are two positives. We will see if these two positives will outweigh the historic trend of the Santa Claus rally. Since the start of the year, our first trading day, January 2nd, and today I am recording this on January 17th, we are down point 31 percent in the s p 500 to be honest it's not that bad it definitely feels worse i feel like we've definitely experienced more negative days than positive days this year however we did have a little bit of a lift off in the second week of january helping us to sustain a somewhat decent level of point 0.31 percent for the year thus far that is honestly not that bad we still have some banks that are reporting this week. And then the week of January 22nd, we kick off tech earnings. So we have a lot of highly anticipated tech companies. There's so much excitement during Tech Week. We will definitely be talking about some of the trends, some of the patterns that we are seeing in that sector. And lastly, I just want to leave you with some data that was released this morning from the Commerce Department. They release a report that tells us how much we are spending in retail on a month-to-month basis, as well as an annual basis. In the month of December, we increased 0.6% versus what Wall Street was expecting of 0.4%. So we beat estimates on spending the catalyst for the increase was in clothing and accessories as well as non-store businesses it's important to also know that on a year over year basis in retail sales we were up 5.6 percent which is a relatively big increase considering how we were all feeling about the economy in 2023. So this report definitely signals strength in the economy that we are resilient. We are out there spending money. It's going to be interesting to see any correlation with credit card spending if we've also increased credit cards which may not really signal a strong economy. It could actually signal a weaker economy with consumers not willing to cut back on spending. I'm your host, Linda Garcia. You're listening to Investies, a cosmic standard, and in Loose, we trust production. A special thank you to the team, Eliza Smith, Jacob Winnick, and Asia Simpson.